Welcome to Jewish Boy Calls His Mother. I'm your host, Sadia, and this is my mother, Ima. Hey, Ima. Hello, sweetheart. All right, so we had originally uh, talked about Fun with Friends Part 1. Now it's going to be Fun with Friends Part 2. We were talking about, you know, favorite movie as a teenager and uh, collecting things that you did when you were a teenager and different stuff that you did for fun. Um, you said you had some stories lined up. Are right? we ready to talk about them? Well, there's um, there's a few. There's one in particular. I when I think about uh, my teenage years, I remember during the summertime, especially the um, a whole like group of us. These were all a bunch of Jewish teenagers. We were mostly, you know, we had met through BBYO, B'nai B'rith Youth, and um, summertime. I remember particular going, just walking up and down Reisterstown Road around where the MVA now is on Reisterstown Road, that right hilltop shopping center around there. Yeah. And at that time, there was a restaurant called Mandel Barrows. Now, it's very interesting. Um, people, Jews in general now, are much more educated as far as Kashrus is concerned. But um, unfortunately, that, a lot of that started in the 1980s. Um, OU laboratories decided to uh, basically start investigating and you know, looking into Hersharim. Uh, OK Laboratories was established under Bernard Levy. Star K was created. And now no restaurant can advertise itself as kosher unless it's absolutely 100% kosher under Hersher. But in those days, you had these very strange restaurants like Suburban House or Mandel Ballows, which was very popular, which was not really kosher, but was what they called themselves kosher style. In other words, uh, they didn't serve any ham or shellfish, but they had meat and milk products and um, they were not under Hexer. They did not really use properly, you know, not really, they did not really use, you know, meat that had been under proper shrita. They, they have was, something like that called the Essen Room here in Baltimore now, where it's, 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 it's kosher style, where it's like, I, I got confused at one point and thought it was a kosher uh, restaurant. But when I, when I checked it out online, they realized like, no, it's, it's not kosher, but they kind of advertise like, like they are. Um, but it's a completely well, non-kosher. Restaurant, but, like, but do they call themselves? I don't think they can call themselves kosher style anymore. I think they have to call themselves Jewish style. Is that what they have to do? I, I think so. Now? I think so. I can just easily go ahead and head and check. But you were saying about but, about so, well, so we used to hang out a lot around there. You know, we'd go into Mandel Barrows and um, either order something to eat or they'd have a social hall there and just hang out there. Or um, as we were going through the restaurant, they had uh, cut up uh, trays of pickles on the table. We just grab grab a couple of pickles, you know, snatch a couple of pickles as we were walking through the restaurant. So um, there was one night in particular where like a whole group of me and my friends were just, you know, sitting on this bench on Reisterstown Road in front of, you know, this in front of that particular strip mall. And earlier that evening, I had met this very nice young man who, uh, of course, you know, I had, I fell head over heels in love with, you know, tall, blonde hair, blue eyed, really good looking young guy, you know, and, um, so he had to go, he said he had to take care of something, but that he says, I'll call you tonight, like around 10 o'clock. So oh, great. Okay. So I'm sitting with some of my friends on this bench 
And some guy comes over and says, hey, there's a card game in the basement of Mandel Barrows. He says, let's raid it. Oh, God. <laughs> so, so, of course, all of us, yeah, you know, it was a, being a bunch of like you know teenagers and wanting to you know do something funny and adventurous and make trouble you know we said yeah so we very quietly walked into the restaurant and we go to the there were two sets of steps one set of steps led down to the basement and then you went through the social hall and then there was another set of steps that led up at the end of the social hall so it was dark and we sneaked down the steps very, very quietly, came to the doors of the social hall. And all I remember was some guy in the front of the whole group of us kicking open these doors and all of us just yelling, Banzai! And running through the social hall. Well, I didn't see who was there, but I saw all these cards fly up in the air. Oh God. I hear all this change you know fall on the floor someone turned off the lights and we were all laughing hysterically ran through and ran up the other set of steps so later that night i got home and this guy calls me around 11 o'clock and he apologizes for calling so late he says what happened was he had been in a card game early that evening and a bunch of kids raided it oh god <laughs> see it's funny because you said raided i assumed it had to do with you know um like back of the like people would, would raid card games and you get you know money and stuff like that that was there or poker yeah tips. we wouldn't do anything dishonest like that we just want this one to mess up the place we just wanted want to you know interfere in the card game and just just wreck the joint and run out. just to stir the pot just to just to be little little hoodlums yeah well i was thinking about like you know crazy stuff not that i did but the friends of mine did too like it's you know, high school and college. And I had some friends that did some really weird, weird, crazy stuff. There was one guy I was friends with who he liked, just for the thrill of it, to break into people's houses, go to the refrigerator when they weren't home, go to the refrigerator, make himself a meal, and then walk out. Just for the thrill of, the, of, of doing something like that. He said, well, one time he was, uh, he had broke into somebody's house and he was walking around and they came home and there was no, he heard them coming home and there was no um, exit nearby that he could run out of the house. So he said he hid in this closet and had to wait till the whole family was asleep till he sneaked out of the house. Oh my God. Oh my God. I, I heard stories. Um, I think, I think this is a John Mulaney story about a friend of his would, would steal pictures from people's houses that's the only thing they can't replace. Oh, that's sad. That's horrible. Then there was another crazy kid that was friends with in college who decided to go to a service of the first satanic church in Towson. Oh, wow. And he says, first of all, you're supposed to stand up and tell everybody about something evil that you've done. And he said, some guy told everybody that he had murdered someone but the priest that was in charge of the service checked into it and found out the guy was lying. Oh, wow. <laughs> then he said, um, they have what's called, quote unquote, the sacrifice of the virgin. I will not go into those details, but you can imagine. Yeah. So he said, as a guy, as a young guy, he, he didn't have too much trouble with that, except that the 
he realized something was wrong when he showed up the following week and the same virgin was there. Ah. So then he realized something had to be weird about this bunch. Just a little bit with, with the satanic, uh, you know, church of Towson. He, just, he, didn't, he didn't go back anymore. Either. <laughs> he realized how uh, strange they were. Yeah. I, I don't know. The, the things I had, like, I knew some friends of mine who got themselves into in some shtick. Um, but... It, like one 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 old friend of mine used to be a uh, Kahnenick JDL kind of guy, and he there were some there were some missionaries that were near that were near um, the old city that we were that we were in, and it's it, they felt that it, it would be an issue to to get rid of them by any means necessary. And the guy just whatever it was it was just ridiculous um, about what happened. But at, what did he at, do? At end of the day, end of the day, the missionaries were no longer there. What did he? What did they do to chase them away? They they just they just assaulted them. That was it. It was just ridiculous. The 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 I don't know. The, they they went ahead and they they told them not to come back and whatnot and threatened them and things. Um, but yeah, it, 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 it was just, it wasn't fun. Um, once, one time we had missionaries that came to our house. So I decided to talk to them about um, Shabbat Mitzvah, but they know and I was really hocking to China about it and they thanked me and left. So the following week I see, a whole, a whole group of missionaries, you know, coming down the street on Glengal. And one of them who was new started to walk up our walkway. And one of the leaders who was there when I was hacking his training about Shiva Mitzvah's name, Noah, grabbed the guy by the arm and shook his head, no. They're just, they're, it's harmless, honestly. It's not like back in the they day. Did, and they, they did not want to deal with me. Uh, it's just whatever. It's. I don't think they get a lot of people anyways. I don't think a lot of people are interested in that. Yeah. You know? So anyway, do you want to talk about Shavuos since it's coming up? Yeah, we got to talk about Shavuos. Um, I just remember all the time growing up, staying up until five, six o'clock in the morning, learning all night. That's always fun. Also, by the way, the other podcast, I totally forgot. Like we could have talked about Mother's Day too, because it was Mother's Day. The week before Mother's Day. Uh-huh. Ugh, whatever. It was it's it's too late now. We'll ward her <laughs> under the bridge. We'll do it again, God willing, next time. Well, you know, I you know I feel about Mother's Day. I mean, Mother's Day is like it's it's nice, like a Hakar Satov special for uh mothers, but um, you know, we as Jews every day every day should be Mother's Day by us. So buy you flowers every single day and chocolate. It's just, it sounds like a pain. <laughs> sounds like a real pachka. Uh, the chocolate I could go for. <laughs> Can you really? Yes, yes. Uh, um, yeah, well, how was, I, how was Shavuos when you were a kid growing up celebrating it? Unfortunately, for non-religious Jews, in fact, Rabbi Gordon talks about this, a lot of non-religious Jews don't, they kind of like really don't know what Shavuos is all about and don't give it that much, you know, attention. In fact, Rabbi Gordon, in one of his dreams, said that um, his father or somebody was talking to a non-religious Jew about you know, celebrating Shavuos, and the guy said, oh, only rabbis celebrate that. 
It's all, I, I understand why, though. It's just, I, it's so weird. It's like, hey, you have mm-hmm. more options to take off of work. Come on. <laughs> it's, you know, but um, I remember, though, with, with you, Kit, like Shavuos night, you guys being like all over, like you're all over the place in different places and staying up like practically the whole night. And um, I would, um, I would kind of stay up till about maybe um, not the whole night, but maybe 12, one or two. Some, I would have some of, um, I think your older sister's friends, a couple, a couple times came over and I learned with them. But I remember the one with, um, that happened with uh, your sister, with uh, Mushka, when she had stayed out the whole night at the friend's house. And uh, your father and I wake up in the morning hearing Mushka banging somewhere saying, hey, let me in, let me in, let me in. Like about six o'clock in the morning. And we, so we go down to the front door and she's not there. We go to the back door. She's not there. And looking at each other, it's like, it was like that episode of Twilight Zone where the kids wind up in the wall that the house actually eats the kids and they're stuck in the wall and the parents are trying to get them out. (laughs) So we're hearing her banging. And we hear her calling us saying, let me in. Hey, come on, Ima Tati, let me in. I got to get in. And we're walking around the house. Where is the sound coming? Where is she? Finally, we find, we go upstairs and she had climbed up on the back porch. You know, the back porch, we had a roof there that was right outside of the boys' room. She had climbed up the back porch and across the roof and was banging at the second story window that was connected to the boys room oh wow yeah <laughs> so we went over there and we uh let her in through the window that's so weird i i don't i guess i was i was probably too busy in show what about your first experience i guess like ha- i guess celebrating a real shavuos then if you it never was really wonderful. I, I was in crown well i did it in baltimore house with my, my shabbos family and i we stayed up the whole night and then the morning went early to Base Lubavitch, and then came back and had like a really nice milk meal with ice cream and everything. But my the best one was when I was in Crown Heights, and they had speakers the entire night that came and spoke at the dormitory. And then finally, in the wee hours of the morning, um, I was walking back to my apartment with uh, with you know my roommate, and we were seeing the dawn coming up over, you know, New York. I mean, all the shows were opening up and people were leaving the shows and going back home and the sky was purple. It's a beautiful sunrise. Yeah, that's always really cool. I I remember staying up till like six o'clock, seven o'clock in the morning and just being in a haze as I'm walking home and just being like, and and then falling asleep and then sleeping most of the day. It always messed up with my cycle though. That's the whole thing. It would throw me off. But I remember the speaker that we had um, was uh, trying to think, it was Yitzhak Groner from, I think it was from Melbourne. I think it was Melbourne, Australia. And I think I told you one about the, the dishes. No. Okay. Here's what happened. He cut, we have, you know, we had the table all set and uh, it was in the dormitory in the, basement basement was a very nice finished basement a large social hall it was very nice was you know and he comes in and we're all you know assembled he stepped he comes down to the basement we all stand up of course out of respect 
And we can tell he's looking around the tables and looking and looking and looking. And he doesn't seem pleased about something. We don't know what, but yeah, you because know, the tables were set very nicely. But anyway, so of course, you know, he makes kiddish. Then we uh, wash our hands, have a mozi, and then we have the fish. So between the fish and the meat, it's time for him to speak. And he says uh, with his Australian accent, he goes, hello, I'm Rabbi Lebo Grona. And I'm from Australia. And even though we don't, and we don't have kangaroos hopping down the street, but we, and his voice raised like 20 decibels, we have China and we have linens. We sit and dine like human beings. What's all this paper and plastic stuff? It's funny you said, because Australians, I think, are more rustic, I would think, than Americans, or, they're, or they have their own, I don't know, people on Facebook can go ahead and, and let me know how it is, but like, I figure Australians are more on the rustic side. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't know if things have changed since the 1970s, but evidently, the whole thing of paper and plastic was, at that time, was very American. Other countries, like South Africa, whatever, you know, I mean, we had students from all over the world there, and Evidently, um, they said they they told us that in South Africa at the time had you know they gone to someone's house where there was paper and plastic they would have walked right out. That's funny. <laughs> would have been considered an insult. I guess yeah. I guess I guess if paper and plastic is an American thing, or it used to be an American thing, because other countries don't do it. But I know in Australia they eat kangaroo. Oh my gosh! Oh, that's horrible. Oh. What? That's horrible. There's animals. It's so cute. How can they eat kangaroo? Because it's a lean meat and it's tasty. Oh no, that's not. You want to eat the kangaroo? So cute, the sweet little animal. You want to do that? I'll tell you a, a, a very strange thing that happened though. Um, one of my friends at Bahamakanda was from South Africa, and I invited her to come with me to um, Baltimore. And that uh, I think there was a uh, Baltimore Symphony concert. Oh yeah, that's right. Israeli Philharmonic was playing at the Lyric Theater. And so we decided to go there and we brought uh, Shabbos candles with us. We figured, mm -hmm. you know, Israeli Philharmonic, maybe they, we can pass out Shabbos candles to people too. So before the concert started, um, they started out by playing, you know, of course the American National Anthem and then afterwards they followed by the Israeli National Anthem. So when they started the American, American National Anthem, of course, everybody stood up. And she looked at me very strange. She goes, why is everybody standing up? I said, oh, we're standing up for the National Anthem. I said, don't you stand up for the National Anthem of your country, of South Africa? She says, yeah, we would stand up and walk out. Oh, wow. Why? I don't know. I, don't, I have no idea. But evidently, the idea to her standing up for a national anthem was something very strange, very different. Yeah. Well, it's always weird because I know that um, in America, back in the day, everyone used to you'd salute the flag, but they'd give a salute in a way where it looks like, like, like a Hitler salute. Yes, they, I've seen that in history books, yeah. Yeah, because before Hitler came to power, that was just the standard form of, of, of saluting a flag. Now, once he did it, he kind of took it over and we're like, no one's gonna do it anymore, oh God. You put your hand over your heart. Yeah, it was your hand over your heart yeah. and you pledge allegiance to the flag. 
I think that's a lot more, I think that's a, I think that's a lot more meaningful, putting your hand over your heart. You know what I mean? It's warmer. That's like a warmer, nicer, yeah. more you know, sensitive feeling, you know, type thing. But um, I'll tell you a funny story that when I was in uh, third grade, the teacher read us a story that was in the newspaper. Um, evidently, the, one of the ambassadors uh, from England was, um, had, uh, was in the, of course, you know, he was in Washington. He, he was in Washington for a number of years. And so he had a little boy, he and his wife gave birth to a little boy in this country. And so they, of course, sent him to one of the, you know, one of the public schools in Washington, D.C. at the time, or Silver Spring. And then uh, they went back to uh, England. And when they got back to England, uh, there, of course, they were invited into um, uh, this dinner honoring the queen. I think, I don't know, it's occasionally it was some sort of equation where they were honoring the queen. And so, of course, they began the dinner by everybody standing up and singing the you know, British national anthem, you know, God Save the Queen. And the little boy, having virtually being raised in the United States, stood up and sang My Country Tis of Thee. I don't even know that song. Oh, it goes. It's the same. It's the same tune as God Save the Queen, only it goes My Country Tis of Thee, Sweet Land of Liberty of Thee I Sing. Land where my fathers died, land of the pilgrim's pride, from every mountainside, let freedom ring. Oh, used to sing that I've in school never... all the time in, the, in elementary school. I, I only know the Pledge of Allegiance in, in mm. elementary school, we learned that. But we used to sing that. So what happened was, so he sang, my country tis of thee, and one of the British officials looked at, the Brit at this British ambassador and said, my God, he says, the child's been brainwashed. <laughs> that's awesome um okay wow that went by pretty fast um all right so that that's our session for today thank you everyone for listening um and hope to hear from you soon okay Alrighty, have I love a good you. job is honey love you and have a good yanta you too have a yanta Thank you for listening to Jewish Boy Calls His Mother. Please like and share and find us on Facebook at Jewish Boy Calls His Mother podcast. We are looking forward to hearing from you.